And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea, conversationalists across the fruited plain, ladies who lunch, captains courageous, princes of the universe, it's open line Friday. (laughs) I didn't almost get it in there. Uh, It's that kind of week. It's that kind of week. And for the record, I do not have any classified documents at this facility. So here we go. Open Line Friday means that you guys are going to call in. We'll put the link out there a little bit later. Uh, I want to go over a couple of things here to begin with, but uh, let's uh, say hi to people. I see Dave, Keeley, Death Angel Shadow, uh, Cam, MS, uh, Matuin is back. It's good to see Matuin back in the chat, I tell you. How's the sound? How's everything? How's everything sound? Oh, let's let's get the. We don't want the music gone yet. <coughs> All right. My name is Jason Hutton, I'm the editor here at Sci-Fi for Me. Welcome everybody. Glad to have you all with us, and all of you new subscribers, welcome. We do uh, we do this uh, five days a week. And uh, there is also a podcast platform version of this. So if you prefer to listen to this show as opposed to watch it, uh, you can find us on all sorts of podcast players. And uh, if you're not with us live, you can still leave a comment. You can uh, catch us on all the social media. You can send us an email live from the bunker at sci fi me.com. And you can join our Discord because we have a Discord server now. For, for what it's worth, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, anyway, all right. So, yeah, we've got a Discord server. Let me uh, let me turn this down here so we can get started because we got quite a bit of stuff to go over. And I want to start with, with a few follow-ups, a few updates on a couple of stories that we had already this week. Uh, let's start with... Uh, let's start with Jeremy Renner because this... This is going to be um, this is kind of convoluted. Let me let me take you through this because I don't think I don't think this story is what people think it is. All right, so it started over on Fandom Wire. Uh, they're reporting this and they're referencing Tyrone Magnus's video. And Tyrone Magnus over on YouTube, he's reading an MSN article. But MSN is sourcing it from some third party somewhere that references Radar Online. So that's the trail of tears that it takes here to get this. And I go to Radar Online, and Radar Online looks to be, I'm not really familiar with this with this uh, outfit, they look to be kind of like a TMZ type of, of site, gossip and, and that kind of thing. <coughs> this article says Jeremy Renner could lose his leg. And I don't know how much salt I need for this because I'm not familiar with this site enough. But here's the headline. Serious doubts. Jeremy Renner's friends fear snow plowing accident will leave actor crippled for life. Sources claim. Uh, This is dated on January 9th. 
Avengers star Jeremy Renner's horrendous leg injury from a snowplow accident in Nevada. His friends and family fearing the screen stud will be crippled for life. RadarOnline.com has learned. Here's a quote. Jeremy's already had two delicate surgeries, but there are serious doubts he will ever be able to walk right again or at all, said a source close to the situation. Uh, his loved ones worry the damage was significant enough to prevent him from moving the way he used to. That is, he if he doesn't lose the leg altogether. Now, I'm going to stop there, and I'm going to say that, one, sources close to the situation could be anything. <coughs> two, we have no follow-up in this article at all. We contacted the hospital, and we'd heard this, and we wanted to get covered. Remember, good journalism, at least two sources, two independent sources, two sources that are completely disconnected from each other, and then you can possibly maybe report it. These I don't, I, this is starting to circulate all over the place. Jeremy Renner could lose his leg. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a little bit early to be circulating that kind of gossip and rumor, but I wanted to put it on everybody's radar just in case, because again, I don't know radar online. But just looking at the layout and looking at the other articles that they've got on there, it feels very TMZ-ish. And TMZ doesn't always, I mean, it's not a news site. It's a gossip site. So we need to be very careful with some of these stories that we circulate and share. Do some, do some homework. Do some legwork. Do some vetting. Kind of, kind of take a look at something and does it pass the smell test or not? <coughs> because some of it might not. But we do hope for a, a good a good recovery for Mr. Renner and and uh, uh, prayers for him and his family. And also, uh, it seems like uh, things are going well with the GoFundMe for Richard Hogue. <clears throat> and uh, uh, hopefully, uh, he'll have a, a positive outcome there as well. I I spent uh, Wednesday. Speaking of that, I spent Wednesday. Uh, down visiting with a friend of mine who has just rung the bell for her chemotherapy. And I, I'm not going to get too too deep in the weeds on details on this, but I am going to say that today's, today's some testing, and we are praying and hoping for some positive news today <coughs> just on our own, on our own uh, uh, circumstances here. I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not me going through it. It's one of my best friends. I've known her for, for a very long time. And I'm hoping everything goes goes well. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob says, It's never too late to start wild rumors to get more eyeballs on your site. Well, we've been getting some eyeballs on our site with regard to the situation uh, with Wizards of the Coast and D&D. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, well, second on the list, <clears throat> here's something that... But of course... Harry Potter books stripped of J.K. Rowling's name and are then resold by bookbinder artists. This is Fox News. It's dated, uh, I don't know when. A 23-year-old individual in Toronto, Canada, we're going to have to talk to Mark about this, has been hard at work removing J.K. Rowling's name from used Harry Potter books and replacing not just the book covers with his own custom covers, but removing her name from the copyright pages and title pages as well, according to SWNS reporting. Individual has completed at least 30 newly rebound books offering from for sale in a newly bound form. Artist Laura Flom, 
who runs a website in Canada, apparently started the project to help out any Harry Potter fans who find they have ethical issues with the author while reading her best-selling books. All right. <coughs> One, if he's doing this to use books, this is not affecting her bottom line at all. And two, this is illegal, I think. Because this is these these works are not in the public domain. This is not the same as me going to Project Gutenberg and downloading a copy of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz and binding it up and, and, and coming up with a new format and putting some artwork in and putting a cover in and saying, this is the sci-fi sci for me edition of The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. That's a different thing because it's in the public domain. I could do sci-fi for me editions of the Sherlock Holmes stories now because it's in the public domain. The Harry Potter books are not in the public domain. And if you're going to do these recovered editions and sell them, this, I think, now I, I've had a few turns around the sun, but I have not had direct experience with this kind of thing as regard to copyright law. But to me, this looks like it's a violation of copyright. Maybe. I don't know. <coughs> but yeah, as, as if as if anyone doesn't know, J.K. Rowling didn't write Harry Potter. She's already made her money off that book. Now, the fact that he's doing this to used books, that throws another wrinkle into it because, okay, well, if it's a used book, what what's the thing? But it's still, you're selling, you're reselling a copyrighted edition as a, as a new work. It's not a... I, it, this doesn't fall under fair use. It doesn't fall into that kind of thing. It's not that transformative as far as the work goes. So this is, I don't know. I, this is, this is hinky to me. I, I, this, now that this guy has been reported and everything has, you know, the story has come out, I would expect him to get a, uh, a letter. I think he'll get a letter, a cease and desist letter. Speaking of which, can we send a cease and, a cease and desist letter to HBO Max for Velma? Have you guys seen this? Some screenshots. <coughs> I just... Uh, uh, screenshots of Velma. At, this is Mindy Kaling's Velma. This is the Scooby-Doo series that doesn't have Scooby-Doo in it. Somebody took some screenshots with the subtitles... And Velma apparently is is uh, is quite sensitive to to white people. I was just like, what in the world is this? I I mean, come on, this is. Uh, if you're gonna look, if you're going to cancel something because tax write off, I'd cancel Velma before I cancel Batgirl. I'm just saying, I, you cancel both of them, fine, but this. This this is not. <laughs> don't don't do this. Don't do this. This is this is ugly. This is terrible stuff. Um, and then we've got this one. Cypher <coughs> says he's restreaming the stream to take my name off it. You know, I you know I got to thinking about that because we've done the we've done the uh, the simulcast. Between our uh, our stuff and and critical blast, when we do blast from the bunker, uh, that is when I'm here to push the go live button, uh, like I was not on Wednesday. But 
Um, I the guys over at Critical Blast and and Pops Van Zandt and that group, they are doing some stuff where they're taking various different shows from various different channels and replaying them on. You know, they're basically uh, syndicating them. And I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward a couple of things where you could do some restreams like that. I don't know how YouTube feels about it though, because if you're if you're doing multiple multiple streams, uh, I have heard of a couple of uh, a couple of people getting getting dinged for uh, spam activity. So I got to be real careful about that. But it is something that I've actually seriously thought about maybe making some of our stuff available for other channels to stream so we can, you know, build our audience in in various different ways. It's still an idea that I want to explore, but we'll have to see. Uh, I think uh, I think we'll have to see how it goes. <coughs> All right. Uh, ap- apologies for the coughing. I don't know. This started right as the show started. <coughs> so I'm going to try to. Oh, stop. Mrs. Boss thinks that she's funny over there. Oh, I know. Anyway. All right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's on. Here it is Open Line Friday, and I had something to say. <laughs> okay. Yes. <coughs> I'm practicing. Yes. You Eventually, had, you had to say? oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I I I, w- I was you oh, know okay you know uh huh mm-hmm. yeah. Matuwin says taking J.K. Rowling's name off a book is a naive ostrich head burying petty useless spineless no book pun intended. <laughs> oh. Well, it is. It is. Oh, yeah, it's I like agree. you know we need we need our safe space. We need our safe space. Well, it's just it's the same as as it's. I have seen some articles talking about the diminished, uh, the diminished number of people who are signed up for the military because people in the military right now are. This is the whole, you know. Let me pull out my card because I need a I need a five minute timeout, and I'm like, that's that's not how you win wars. You don't win wars by hunkering down in the corner with a teddy bear and saying, ah, my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. <laughs> that I mean, that's that's what's going on in in the United States military right now, folks. Retention level is low, low. New signups, new uh, new uh, enlistment, low. Everything's down. I mean, nobody's got respect for the U.S. military, including the U.S. military. The the people in inside the U.S. military are like, this is this is some of the worst crap that we've ever seen. Readiness and trust in in authority in in the in the chain of command. I won't say it's at an all time low because you know Vietnam, but I, I it's it's probably the lowest it's been in a long while. So anyway, uh, okay. The other the other bit, <clears throat> following up on a note that I sent out, and this was in regard to the limited run game story that we had last week about Carolyn, the community manager, getting fired. She has finally surfaced and has issued a statement on uh, on Twitter. <coughs> she says, quote, I know a lot of people are waiting for my statement about the whole situation. To be honest, I'm still pretty hurt. 
Luckily, I already had a trip planned for this week to be with my family for my sister's wedding. Once I get back home on Monday, I'll sit down and talk. I want my story to be a long-format video type of content, not some robotic press release. I want people to ask me the hard questions. I always tried to be candid and as transparent as possible with the LRG community, and I will continue to do so. I'm not sure who I want to bring in for this. There are dozens of media outlets in my inbox right now, and I truly don't want to be used for someone else's agenda from either side. Until then, please know I am okay and surrounded by love and support. Thank you. Um, if you want to do long-format video type with no agenda, Kara, I know a, I know a site, uh, I know a show that will, uh, that will ask the questions and do it in a way that's not, uh, not gotcha. Uh, which is something that we've said in our in our note to her. So, is that where you can sit there and inject one of our promos? That's a good question. That's a good question. If she if she asks if, if she says that we have a good question, you're sure. No, I just meant right now. Yeah, oh, just oh, to you yeah. know prove the point. Anyway, we do ask good questions here. We we do, and I do my homework, which makes those questions good because they're informed questions. It's not just let's just check this off the list and ask the next question and check it off the list and ask the next question. We have conversations here, <clears throat> but hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get some kind of response from her on that, and uh, and maybe uh, maybe we'll get uh, to to have a conversation with her. I'm also waiting to hear back from Ryan Dancy. And that takes us into the main portion of this. Ryan Dancy was involved in developing the original OGL, the original game license uh, for D&D, and was uh, part of the whole selling D&D from TSR to, to Wizards of the Coast way back when. And he, he made it uh, pretty known that he was open for conversations. So I, I, have, uh, I have sent him a follow-up email Waiting to hear back from him. Meanwhile, we're hearing from everybody else about stuff. <coughs> Paizo, which uh, developed uh, Pathfinder, they dropped a they dropped a note this 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 week in response to the rumblings about OGL 1.1, and they're not holding back. They've basically said uh, Wizards of the Coast is a thing of the past. Uh, this is your old man's game. We're doing something completely new. And they are, uh, they are going to an open RPG license. And uh, it's, their, their statement got so much traffic that, the, that their website kept crashing. <clears throat> so I'm pulling up an archive of that somebody archived it because this thing I mean you just couldn't get to their site. Uh, this is from January 12th. Paizo announces system neutral open RPG license. For the last several weeks as rumors of Wizards of the Coast new version of the open game license began circulating among publishers and on social media, gamers across the world have been asking what Paizo plans to do in light of concerns regarding Wizards of the Coast rumored plan to deauthorize the existing OGL 1.1a. We have been awaiting further information, hoping that Wizards would realize that for more than 20 years, the OGL has been a mutually beneficial license, which should not and cannot be revoked. The, the way it's written, it is irrevocable, according to everybody who is, is talking about this. So, <clears throat> continuing here. While we continue to await an answer from Wizards, which we got, we'll get into that in a minute. 
We strongly feel that Paizo can no longer delay making our own feelings about the importance of open gaming a part of the public discussion. We believe that any interpretation that the OGL 1.0 or 1.0A were intended to be revocable or able to be deauthorized is incorrect and good reason we were there. Paizo owner Lisa Stevens and Paizo president Jim Butler were leaders on the Dungeons & Dragons team at Wizards at the time. Brian Lewis, co-founder of Azora Law, the intellectual property law firm that Paizo uses, was the attorney at Wizards who came up with the legal framework for the OGL itself. Paizo has also worked very closely on OGL-related issues with Ryan Dancy, <coughs> the visionary who conceived the OGL in the first place. This is why we want to talk to him. Paizo does not believe that the OGL 1.1a can be deauthorized ever. While we are prepared to argue that point in a court of law, they're throwing the gauntlet down right there. <coughs> We don't want to have to do that. We know that many of our fellow publishers are not in a position to do so. We have no interest whatsoever in Wizards' new OGL. Instead, we have a plan that we believe will irrevocably and unquestionably keep alive the spirit of the open game license. And then they go into, you know, over the years they've developed their stuff, all of the different you know, game modules and things that they have done. As this whole thing has developed and they've come up with new product, They've moved away from the various different elements of the OGL that they've been using. So, now they're at the point where they're going to launch their own. They say, we believe, as we always have, that open gaming makes games better, improves profitability for all involved, and enriches the community of gamers who participate in this amazing hobby. And so we invite gamers from around the world to join us as we begin the next great chapter of open gaming, with the release of a new open, perpetual, and irrevocable open RPG creative license known as the Orc. Now, okay, as soon as I got to that point, I thought, not only is Paizo throwing the gauntlet down with regard to a legal challenge if need be, but they've also just put their thumb in the eye of, of Wizards of the Coast because it, it, it probably is not an accident that their open RPG creative license is known as the Orc. Because remember, Orcs are bad. Orcs are racist. Orcs are black-coated. Orcs are all of these... You know, remember all of that mess from, from the, from the Crybully crowd saying, you know, Orcs are racist. Orcs are racist. This is, this is right in their face. And I have to, I have to suspect that it's deliberate. This is, this is ugly. And I'm not even, I'm not even a D and D player. I don't know this stuff. But it's, you know, <clears throat> a thing. <clears throat> All right, let me do this. I'm going to. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Death Angel Shadow has posted a link. Is that to the state uh, the update? Okay, yeah, we're gonna pull that up. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to uh, I'm gonna throw into a break, <clears throat> and I'm gonna put the Streamyard link up because I know there are a lot of people that want to talk about this. We will get to Wizards of the Coast's response because they were supposed to uh, release the Open Game License 1.1, I believe, yesterday, and they're not gonna yet. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. When we get back, stand by. 
If you unsubscribe to our podcasts, our legion is doomed. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. So, um, <laughs> it's funny that you should ask that. It's a great question. That is an awesome question. When you need to know, count on Sci-Fi For Me to be there asking all of the questions. It's a good question. It's <laughs> a great question. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. I don't think I answered any of your questions. I'm bringing you news and opinion from all over the web. Sci-Fi for Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. All right, back live from the bunker. Jason Hyde here along with Christopher Hoffman, who is... Uh, always standing by, ready to help out, and uh, good to see you. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Uh, hopefully, you're doing well aside from the cough. <laughs> yeah, well, I I don't know why, but I think that the cough is probably here to stay. I, I, I have yet ah. to come up with any kind of a solution for that, so... She thinks she's cute. She thinks she's cute. Oh, I know I'm cute. She thinks she's cute. I'm just letting you know that my cough is here to stay as well. I mean, you did ask, and I did and say I, yes. I'm, I'm expecting like you to throw to a break sometime and and uh, like cough, and and there'll be like a little gremlin, you know, <laughs> inside your throat or something like that. You know, pops out. And that, but then again, I, I, I watch too many of those type of movies. So. Here, see, here's what I want to do. I want to take, I want to domesticate the stone Martin weasels and send them out on missions. And, and, okay. you know, the gremlins can go with them because, you know, somebody's got to, somebody's got to keep track of the orders, but I want to send out the domesticated stone Martin weasels. And now I'm picturing RJ's shirt from the other day. Yes. Mm-hmm. I keep telling him he's got to sell that. He's got to sell that. Uh, I, I'm thinking that we could have like a, uh, was it? Yeah, it was uh, Frazetta who did, uh, we could do like a Beastmaster uh, cover uh, of you and uh, Mrs. Boss, uh, you know, with the Stone Martin weasels and, and like the gremlins and stuff like that. Okay, there, there first of a... all, this is sci-fi for me and not horror for me full-time, 24-7. <laughs> no, horror, horror for me is... Fantasy. No, 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 no. but the actual thought of the image of like what you guys were... Ah. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. scary. So, that's scary. So, uh, so uh, besides besides visiting with my friend on Wednesday, we managed to to, to uh, meet R.J. Carter from Critical Blast for lunch, and he was wearing a shirt. It's a it's an original design he's got. It's one of a kind. It's the only one that exists right now, and it is a mashup, and it's H.R. Puffin Stuff's head on the xenomorph, and across the across the the body it says H.R. Giger Stuff. It's brilliant. It is it is a fun mashup. And of course, instead of the little head that's shooting out, it's the it's the whistle. You know, it's it's the it, and I'm like, oh, this, it's, is, it's, this is brilliant. Uh, uh, Freddie Flute, right? Yeah, Freddie yeah. Flute. It's it's a brilliant design. I was like, you've got to sell that. So uh by the way, uh and, by and the way, RJ had great... uh, what? Go what? Oh, I was gonna sit there and say I don't know if you're ever gonna talk about her or show it all off, but the two of them, let me just tell you, sitting from my point of view, as I'm having 
I'm spending the day with them and it's not like I'm having to do it or whatever. It was great. It was fun. But the two of them in a bookstore is in a, like in a used a used bookstore. bookstore. And it's not even it's like the gods of dragons and things knew that they were coming in because dragons the girl behind the coffee bar counter had just gone through a bunch of books and she was doing the organization so that they could stick them out on the floor somewhere and she happened to have like four five boxes of just sci-fi books yeah and and we didn't even get through everything they didn't get through everything but she's just bringing them around and we're putting them on the chairs and handing them over like oh here i just went through this pile i'm gonna hand it over to jason he's gonna hand it over to rj Uh and so our piles are slightly getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then she sat there and she was saying yeah there's more over on this and jason goes walking and he comes back there's drawers. Yeah. So some of these display, <sighs> some of these display racks that the that the books are out on, at the base of them there are drawers, and the drawers are full as well. So, um, <laughs> so we got quite a haul. Uh, um, quite a haul. Do, do I need, it, do it I need to go through this real quick? I'm just going to show you some make, of the highlights here to make quick. it even better. Yes. It was because <clears throat> RJ was killing time while we were taking care of stuff, and after he finished his stuff. After we ate, but while he was calling time, he was already there. So this was his second yeah, time his for second the time. day. All right, that so he let me go through there. this real quick. I'm not going to go through everything, but I want to. I want just 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 to hit the highlights on some of the stuff, and then we're going to get into the D and D thing because that's a that's a big thing. I got I got John W. Campbell Islands of Space. Yeah, I and this is you know you hear John W. Campbell's name all the time as the editor of Astounding, but uh, you know some it's it's. It's not very often you come across the stuff that he actually wrote. I got a couple of Heinlein books. I got Puppet Masters and Starman Jones. I got a couple of Theater Sturgeon books. Uh, I got Spider Robinson, uh, Melancholy Elephants. Let's see what else. And I picked up some James Blish. What are you? What are you? What are you doing over there? What's, what did I just hear? All of that? Oh, that must have been. That must have been Christopher. I got I got Star Trek Eight, James Blish adaptations of Star Trek, in addition to a couple of James Blish actual original novels, and uh, a, new, a new copy of uh, The Lost World from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. But the biggest prize, and I showed this off a little bit on on uh, on the uh, Thursday Night Throwdown last night on Comics Division's channel. This I got uh, Shep's. Giant Library. This is a collection of various different things, historical stories, uh, you know, I mean, like actual history, um, uh, mythology, religious stories, music, art, poetry. I and mean, there's just, just giant mix of things. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. There's a copy of that in here, as well as a couple as several, several stories. But this book right here, this, this very tome. <clears throat> Entered according to Act of Congress in the year 1897. This is this book was published in 1897, and it only cost me 24 dollars. This is this is the haul right here. So, yeah. So, it's essentially. I mean, as he's going through and showing me this, my question was: Is this a college book? Because it looks like with everything in there, because you have this, this, and that. 
it's like something we used in college because it's a little of everything. <laughs> it but is. It is. It's a bit like, wow. Yeah. And it smells great because very, it's a it's book. Very, it's a real crisp. book. Yes. It's not a tablet. And it smells like a real book. So. Real quick, before we get to uh, Wizards of the Coast, I've got a little bit of a haul myself. Um, with the uh, the doom that came to Eagle Moss, um, it, it's actually kind of turned out to be a little bit beneficial. Um, a lot of eBay retailers are picking up the uh, hardback uh, graphic novel collections from DC that Eagle Moss carried and they're selling them at really really good prices i was oh. able to get swamp thing part one and Very this cool. is uh collects like the original appearance of swamp thing and uh, some is is adventures during the 70s i got part two and this goes through uh let's see 84 through 85 and the swamp thing annual of uh, the whole collection of hard traveling heroes from nice. Green Lantern and Green Arrow, and also the DC Universe Legacies. And I haven't unwrapped them yet, but yeah, they're they're really, really nicely bound copies of the stuff. It's the entire um you know, graphic novel here. It looks really good on your bookshelf. And a lot of various sellers have them for either, you know, 9 to $12. Or there's one seller that's selling a kind of quote-unquote mystery box of these. Yeah. Um, Ten of these um, with uh, the shipping for like 70 That's not bad. And um, some of the titles include the uh, Crisis, the original Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, there's also, like, uh, last one, Rogue War. And so it goes all the way back from, like, the classic ones to more of the modern ones, like the Earth One, Superman, that sort of thing. So yep. if you are in the mood to pick up some, uh, you know, DC graphic novels you can really get them on the cheap and good quality over here. Sorry. Yeah. I no. know it sounds like a plug, but no, that's I good. That's good. We've got, uh, we've got Kennard over in the Odyssey chat. I was looking for that Star Trek cookbook you mentioned maybe three months ago. While looking, I see Neelix made one back in 1999. Turns out his, uh, his, his, his back, I guess the, the person writing that one, uh, owned a restaurant, so he really knows how to cook. Yeah, that that those are actual real. Uh, I, re I I remember looking through the Neelix, uh, the Neelix cookbook. Those are actual recipes. I I need to get a copy of it too, because you know there are some there are some interesting recipes that are out there that are based on, you know how should how can this fiction thing here from this story actually be made to work and and there are some there are some intriguing recipes that i think i'd like to try in my spare time <clears throat> all right so D D. let's talk D D. we've got death angel shadow we got cam 138 uh joining us to talk about this because this is the big thing here um let me pop this up. This is an update on the open game license from D&D &D Beyond, which is going to be the new thing. 
and uh, this was uh, it says three hours ago. I mean, this thing this thing just got uh, got released. Let me do a refresh. Yeah, three hours ago. So this is this is just happening. Yep. All right. So reading from their post, when we initially conceived of revising the OGO, it was with three major goals in mind. First. We wanted the ability to prevent the use of D&D content from being included in hateful and discriminatory products. Right there. Right there is where I stop and I say, you've completely lost the plot. Because, I mean, if that's your first priority, you've completely lost the plot. That is their first priority. Yeah, And there's a good reason for it. Yeah. Because orcs are racist. <clears throat> it's the same kind of stuff. <clears throat> but, you know, they want to be able to discriminate against people who are, that are going to use this material and things that they find to be wrong thing. But I find it interesting right. that that's what they lead with. It's not, we wanted to make it easier for the games, we want to make it better for the for the players, it, you know, we want to make it, we, you know, protect the brand or anything like that. No, we want to make sure that racist and hate people can't play this game. That's their, that's their first thing out of the gate. Second, we wanted to address those attempting to use D and D and web three blockchain games, NFTs by making clear that OGL content is limited to tabletop role-playing content like campaigns, modules and supplements. Okay, fine. I, I, that's fine. And third, we wanted to ensure that the OGL is for the content creator, the home brewer, aspiring designer, our players, and the community, hate that word, not major corporations to, to use for their own commercial and promotional purpose. Driving these two goals were two simple principles. One, our job is to be good stewards of the game. Well, that's what you should lead with. And two, the OGL yeah. exists for the benefit of the fans. Nothing about those principles has wavered for a second, except for the fact that you haven't demonstrated that either of those things are important. Uh, that's why our early drafts of the new OGL included the provisions they did. That draft language was provided to content creators and publishers so their feedback could be considered before anything was finalized. In addition to language allowing us to address discriminatory and hateful conduct, and clarifying what types of products the OGL covers. Again, they're leading with the hateful and discriminatory stuff. Our drafts included royalty language designed to apply to large corporations attempting to use OGL content. It was never our intent to impact the vast majority of the community. However, (laughs) it's clear from the reaction that we rolled a one. And if that's not an understatement, I don't know what is. Oh yeah, definitely. They they rolled a one, and they had a negative modifier. <laughs> well, and and here's the thing too. I'm I'm reading through this, and we've seen this kind of thing before. Something gets leaked. Something gets out there. I mean, with PayPal did the exact same thing. Oh no 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 no. That was just a draft. Right. We meant to get feedback. We 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 were we were asking people to tell us what was wrong with this stuff so we could fix it and do it better. And oh no, we meant this was never going to be out there. You know the back the amount of backpedaling and spin in this in this post is is yeah unbelievable. Except the problem is that there's several several publishers that have or you know that small create creating companies that have come out and said it, they haven't they've leaked it to other people 
in the in the YouTuber sphere yeah. that have said, no, no, this is we had this deadline for today. Um, this was a legitimate contract they were expecting us to sign by Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, that's right. And and the fact that they didn't put it out to the community. I mean that that's not in dispute. They didn't do it. These are only leaks. And uh, the the only reason that anybody knows about it, other than you know their partners that they that they are actually working on contracts with, yeah. So that's an outright lie, right? Um, yeah, it, clearly. Jason, do you and mind you go. if I, I point out one other thing? Sure. Um, at the beginning, where it's um, it, it's uh, you know, in third, we wanted to ensure the OGL was for content creator da da da, and not major corporations. That's a lie. There is nothing in the OGL that supports that. Yeah. Uh, the original OGL. That they are trying to rewrite history here, and and claim something that has never been true. Well, not only that, if you look at the the way the royalty thing is is written with the seven hundred fifty thousand dollar threshold, what if Eric July were to do a D and D module? Eric July just made what? How much money on Isom? How much? How many? How many three million, million? Three and a half. Three yeah. and a half million dollars. He's not a corporation. He's an independent creator. So this $750,000 threshold, if you've got somebody like an Eric July or an Ethan Van Skyver or, or Mike Barron or, or, or Dan Fraga or any, anybody, Ernie Gygax, if they, if they decide they're going to design a module and they make over $750,000, they got to pay the royalty. It doesn't have anything to do with corporations as they're spinning it out here. Oh, no, no, no. That wasn't for independent creators. That was just for these terrible corporations. Well, guess what? You're a terrible corporation yourself, Watsy. Well, you know, and the, and the, and the, the thing is, is any of the big successful Kickstarters um, did over a million dollars. And, you know, they're, you know, yeah, okay, you can take the 750 off the top. And so you made, you know, 250,000. Well, we were automatically take what 50,000 or, you know, 50,000 of that. And well, you still have to pay your employees and, 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 and people and the artwork and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the margins are very, very thin on those. Yeah. Um, and it's not unreasonable to hit a million dollars. You know, people think, oh, well, they must be big corporations. These are like, small five-man teams you know that are producing million dollar things um you know and 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 it's not it's not an unreasonable thing to uh to expect somebody to hit a million dollars. now a lot not all of them are going to do that clearly but you're bigger you know you're uh uh oh uh, what is it matt coville and stuff like that i mean those guys they're not huge corporations either. What do they have? Maybe 20 people that work for them? Something like that. And, and, and then to add on to what uh, Death Angel Shadow is saying, um, once you get that, like, million-dollar, you know, um, Kickstarter or stuff like that, a, a lot of the Kickstarters that I've seen for, you know, little supplements or, or you know, little campaigns and that are don't have, like, a million-dollar goal, you know, far from it. And then, you know, if something gets really successful and it's like, oh, wow, this looks really cool and it, you know, kind of sets fire with word of mouth and goes <laughs> to that million dollar range, you're, if you've got like a five member team, at that point in time, you're really kind of scrambling to figure out, okay, wait a second, 
we just have we have so many backers right now we've got all this money this is great but this means we're gonna have to get like a warehouse we're gonna have to get all this other infrastructure and stuff like that and and if you're dealing with um again a five member team you know that's just like kind of being thrown to the wolves because you right. you have turned into a yeah. a medium size small business you know right yeah right well and the other thing too is you know even even with the infrastructure <clears throat> whatever whatever that looks like you're still you know like like uh, like that says it's it's the margin you know because how much of that 750,000 are you going to turn right around and spend not just on warehouse stuff but you know sal salaries artwork but also you know the the idea here of of the promotional aspects of this because you know you can sit there and say look we made this module that's compatible with 5th edition or 4th edition or 6th edition or whatever that's marketing that's free marketing for wizards of the coast and they're not taking right. that into account as well. It's like, look, you're, you're going to give us money regardless of whether or not we have anything to do with it. And we're not going to give you any kind of a consideration for the fact that your stuff could lead to people buying our stuff. You know, none of that's in there as right. well. None of the none of the reciprocity that you would that you would think would happen in advertising in, in television advertising, for example. They have this thing called co-op. Let's say if I let's say I'm a John Deere dealer. All right. I sell John Deere tractors. Well, I go to my TV station and I go to my newspaper and I go to my radio station and say, I got all these advertisements. I want to sell John Deere tractor. I want to run some commercials and ads for John Deere on your on your in your media. Well, they give me a contract. This is going to cost X amount of money to run this ad. Well, then I take that bill and I go back to John Deere, and John Deere gives me a percentage of that because I'm selling their product. You know, it's it's called co-op money. It's a it's a cooperative marketing fund that the that the vendor the 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 corporation gives to all of the franchises and the distribution and and all of that. None of that, <coughs> as far as I know, excuse me, none of that is in place as far as D and D goes. Because if you if you sell a module that's based on D and D, well, okay, yeah, the open the open license lets you use all of these elements and craft these things and whatnot, and you're not having to pay Watsi for it. But what's Watsi going to do for you? Because you're helping perpetuate the game. You know, this is this is all this is all D and D, and D and D goes all the way back to what seventy eight, seventy nine, TSR, seventy four, seventy four, seventy four. But I think it's interesting too. Here's here's this here's this other point that just just at the, at the last part of this. <clears throat> a couple of last thoughts. First, we won't be able to release the no, new OGL today. We won't be able to, they say. Because we need to make sure we get it right, but it is coming. They're basically acknowledging here this is just a speed bump. This is a delay. This doesn't mean, you know, this doesn't mean you won is going away. Second, you're going to hear people say that they won and we lost because making your voices heard forces to change our plans. Those people will only be half right. They won and so did we. Our plan, here comes the spin, our plan was always to solicit the input of our community before any update to the OGL. The drafts you've seen 
We're attempting to do just that. We want to always delight fans and create experiences together that everyone loves. We realize we did not do that this time, and we're sorry for that. Our goal was to get exactly the type of feedback on which provisions worked and which did not, which we ultimately got from you. So, again, we're spinning this. I mean, with a deadline, with a deadline of today for them to sign. Yeah, they're that spinning. Be, they're that, spinning this so hard. Well, oh, yeah. I'll preface this by saying it's my opinion, but again, they're lying. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll make a my yeah. personal accusation that they are lying, and we know that because of Kickstarter. Kickstarter already came out and said that they had negotiated down from twenty five percent to twenty percent for people that use their platform. Mm. That means that this was an active negotiation going on between those parties based on whatever that document was. Right. So they declined to give it to anyone else. Yeah. They weren't going to. Well, and and you yeah, look back at the you look back at the Paizo thing when Paizo was sitting there saying we're going to come up with our own thing, they listed a number of other game companies that said they've signed on to this. Paizo, Cobalt Press, Chaosium, Green Ronin, Legendary Games, Rogue Genius Games, and a growing list of publishers have already agreed to participate in the Open RPG Creative License. And in the coming days, we hope and expect to add substantially to this group. They're basically sitting there saying, we're moving on. And so are all of these other companies. We're all done with D&D Watsi. They've shown they've shown their hand, and, and that's the problem. Is that we, you can't trust them. I mean, we saw this with Fourth Edition when they came out with the GSL that supposedly was, you know, the new o, o, OGL. The yeah. GSL was what Fourth Edition used, and very very few, if any, you know, there was a handful I think of companies that produced content for Fourth Edition. So they tried this before. And and uh, it it failed miserably, and I think this one is worse. Yeah. Um, now, Sci-Fi Snob is asking yeah. that because the list is is pretty substantial. He says I thought Cobalt is pretty big. Yeah. It, it, these these it names. Is. I ha I have heard several of these names, and I'm not even a player. You know, part of that is what I do here. I've heard of Chaosium. I've heard of of some of these, and yeah, they, it is pretty probably, substantial probably because in. In some of the cons, you've probably seen them. Yeah, because oh, you know, these these guys are are out there and they're doing this stuff on the regular, and people buy people buy their stuff because they like it. Right. I, I think if you read between the lines a little bit here, it also tells you uh, who Watsi was either contacting or who it was designed to block out, and the reaction of all these other companies, like I said, Cobalt and and Paizo, either they. They're working only off of the leaks, which they find unacceptable, or they have the actual terms that are also unacceptable. This was Watsi's attempt to knock out larger competition, period. Yeah. They don't care about some small fry, and that $750,000 thing was just in there as a catch-all. The money has never made sense as part of this whole thing. They're trying to funnel everyone into their digital product. That's what all of this is about. Yeah. And their ecosystem. They, yeah. yeah. So, and that's what what all of the they 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 did you know they 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 listed their first priority there about their um, you know their moral stance. They they mentioned it at least two other times. Right. The, the, yeah. the, that's not an accident. This, this is all for a reason. Well, there's there's a 
there's a thing if you go back <coughs> excuse me so uh so biblical scholar time here the new testament especially new testament is written in in a language called koine greek and it's a dead language and it and and nobody nobody re- reads it speak, speaks it or anything so it's never changed in its uh in its meaning of the words but also grammatical structure if you go in you look at the various different letters that that the apostle paul wrote to various different churches a lot of times he'll list things and in koine greek the grammar was whatever's first in a list is the most important and if you apply that here and i know they're not writing this in koine greek and it's not a it's not a biblical text but the fact that they lead with the inclusiveness crap tells right. you exactly what their starting point is we want to make sure that we can control what you do with your game well, that, that, that is a poison pill that they, you know, in, in the rest of this, they talk about they're removing other conditions that are un, 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 that are objectionable. Um, but they're leaving this hammer out there that, oh, if, if we think you're bigoted, then you're mm-hmm. going to lose your license. That, that's exactly what they're doing. And <clears throat> again, this is all directed towards their monetization plans because they know they know who their targets are for those monetization um, I, customers. I mean, look how easy it is. For, for that to happen too, you know, by by if they were under if they were a third party under this OGL and they and they came out with the you know the Hadozi that like they did, yeah, they did it to themselves. They, they they would be in violation and be stripped of their you know. So it it's yeah they themselves are are. So, so what happened here is they saw the mob forming against them. And they realized that that mob included the people that they depend on for their monetization. And yesterday, I don't know who started it, but the whole thing about canceling the D&D Beyond uh, subscriptions, that hit them hard. I, I, I think that they had this plan to have some kind of announcement yesterday, and they saw that happening, and they they retreated. And then that's where this came from. Yeah, so, I think I, and destruct in, in, uh, Indestructible, I think, was the first place I heard about it. But it spread uh, through. I started hearing about it through multiple YouTubers. Uh, I watched a three-hour stream uh, from Luke Hart from the DM Lair. And he is a small publisher. Um, he produces a, a print, you know, or, well, I don't know if it's print. It's probably PDF, but uh, a publication called the, the Lair magazine, you know, which is you know and mo- primarily his content is for gms not for players uh even his videos tend to skew that way so he's not one of those big he's not a critical role because he's not doing that type of stuff no. he's doing you know trying to help help the community out and uh, he you know he's got uh i think a kickstarter that uh, is currently going on um now i don't think it's going to hit you know the 750,000 threshold but you know, with that language in there that they could just change it at will. And then they could just, you know, if they don't like it, kick you out for whatever reason, um, you know, uh, kick you out for reasons, whatever reason they decide is suddenly unacceptable. Yeah. Well, so. and that's, you know, that's 1984 wrong thing stuff. Right. And, and it's a moving goalpost. 
It is. That's well, the problem. See, and and this is the thing. You know, Snob makes a makes a joke here. He's going to add a bigoted clause to all the contracts and claim the other party is bigoted. But if you look, at, this is the thing. You know, we mentioned PayPal. PayPal got caught doing this. Other companies have been caught. You know, changing their stuff. I went through because, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, various different payment processors. And my bank has got an agreement now with Zelle. They're going to start using Zelle. And I thought, okay, well, let's take a look. Uh, thanks, Keely, for being here. It's good to see you in the chat. Always always nice to have you around. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the Zelle terms of service. And Zelle is kind of, you know, PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, all of these different things. <clears throat> Item number 14 in the terms of service is this whole block of text. That basically says we can, we have the right, we reserve the right to monitor everything that you do and decide if you're a wrong thinker enough that we can decide not to process your transactions. I was like, no, 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 hang on. You're a payment processing company. I have, I have, I have a payment. I send it through you. You send it to the person I'm paying, and that's all you do. It's, it's, it's not supposed to be a. It's not supposed to be a conditional, you know, purity test service. It's a pass-through. And right. you you just do your job. It's like Section 230. You know, are you a publisher or are you a platform? Facebook, Twitter. Where am I hearing that music? Is that? Any, okay. So it's it's one of those things where all of these companies are deciding that they're going to do litmus tests to decide if if you're allowed to be their customer or not, right? And that's a problem. Well, and it's definitely a problem. Um, but but this is uh, this is also again uh, uh, false. It's it's really they're saying oh it's a moral problem or whatever. But it's really what they mean by that is it's a PR problem for them. Yeah. And, and in the case of uh, Wizards of the Coast, they've cultivated their their community that is accustomed to making these kinds of accusations and for wizards to be bending over for them, uh, bending over backwards for them uh, to, to address them. So uh, in, in their other document, the commentary on the 1.1 leak, they specifically talked about how, well, we'll have a PR problem. So that will control us. Mm -hmm. What they're really saying is we are going to kowtow to whatever accusation comes up. Right. Yeah. As soon as it becomes a PR problem, it has nothing to do with any actual values. Well, and who decides that your behavior is proper or not? I mean, is this going to be a is this going yeah. to be a, tri a, a a tribunal? Is it going to be a, well, that's a committee? What, I mean, who's going to decide if you're acceptable or not? It, Twitter mob. The, the criteria. <laughs> no, the criteria is whether it's a PR problem for Watsi. Right. If it's not, right. then nothing will happen. As yeah. soon as it is, then something will happen. And and we know that, again, because it's already happened. Yeah. The Spelljammer incident demonstrated that. And even when it applied to themselves, that's how beholden they are to their community. Yeah, yeah. if anybody else had done that, they would have gotten kicked out and banned and never well, allowed to publish again. Yes, I asked the question the other day, uh, which surprisingly I didn't get a response. <laughs> and then yeah. I, I said, "Well, who is who, who are you've defined this as racism? Well, who in your staff created that? Because they would be defined as a racist. Have they been fired? I don't want them fired. I'm not saying they should be fired. I'm yeah. saying by your definition, that's what they've done. And what? So what's been your action to that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 MS is right. You know, Watsi won't know it's a pre-hour problem until Twitter tells him. I you know 
I have to wonder if Twitter is going to be the place where that kind of thing happens because as sure. as things progress with regard to Elon and the changes they're making at Twitter, the it really there are a number of people who are of the opinion that this far left progressive cryboly crowd has lost that pl- particular platform as a primary weapon. Now they probably still can use it a little bit. I mean, you see what happened with limited run games, but I don't know if Twitter is going to be as effective going forward for these, you know, blue haired 14 year olds to sit there and say, we don't like this. Do they find another well, platform, I, or they go to do, do they go I to Facebook or what? I was going to say they'll still have Twitter as their platform. Uh, they just won't be able to silence other people from from countering their argument. Yeah. They, I don't think Twitter's going to stop them from saying that. I just and, and the problem is is that a lot of these people that, that that are complaining about this, they don't really play. They're not really into it they it, it's a passing fad at the most for for um, for the majority of them that are complaining yeah. some might call that a lifestyle brand uh, fan yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we, we used to call it posers because, back in the day <laughs> right that, yeah it, it it seems it seems that you know wizards of the coast and especially you know the hasbro D D, um they're focusing more on the lifestyle brand of you know, D&D, especially if you can go into, like, Hot Topic and get, I think it was, like, the original uh, uh, Dungeon Master uh, artwork. Oh, yeah. You know, on a T-shirt and stuff like sure. that. And, and they're uh, they're using that to get more customers in, not necessarily, you know, to play the game, but it's like, oh, wow, this is, you know, so retro cool. And, you know, I saw... You know, Finn Wolfhard, you know, he plays D&D, you know, in Stranger Things and stuff like right. that, that sort of thing, to get that kind of cultural cachet. And then leading into that cultural cachet, since, you know, D&D has sort of become like an umbrella term for any sort of tabletop role-playing game, especially, you know, with this major shakeup with the OGL, one of the interesting things that I always found about the OGL was the, the fact that you could have, you know, somebody, you know, at their desk come up and write up a module, you know, and and to play test it with their friends. And if your friends are like, wow, you should, you know, really go forward with this. It was, you know, just something that was made out of enthusiasm and love. And it was really part of that community you know, sort of thing. And then maybe at one point in time, wow, who, you know, I might be able to get this, you know, added on, you know, canonically, you know, to the D&D stuff, you know, that they actually might publish this as a supplement or something like that, you know? Right. And, And now that that door is, you know, closed or closing, um, it's, it's just the community isn't going to be it's shaping up to be not a community of like game players but a community of um you know i was going to say like status seekers you know and stuff like that it's like oh wow that's cool you know it's 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 turning into in my opinion um the uh the uh 
kids from Beverly Hills uh, wearing the Von Dutch uh, baseball caps and stuff like that and, and having no idea, you know, it, about anything in, you know, the car detailing world or, or customization or anything like that. It's like, oh, wow, that's a cool logo. It's like, it's like all the, thing. The, the pop stars wearing, uh, you know, a lot of the 80s, classic 80s um, metal band shirts. Uh, you know, you see, uh, you know, Justin Bieber wearing a Slayer shirt or, or <laughs> something, you know, and you know that they've never listened to Slayer, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and not to, not to, you know, be like a, a, a I mean, I, I'm, I'm certainly not coming at this like a, a gatekeeper or anything like that. I'm, no. I encourage new people to get into, you know, tabletop role playing and that sort of thing. Um, well, it's, let it's, me, it's, let me, let me say this though, Christopher, there is nothing wrong with gatekeeping. One of the problems that we have with all of the different fandoms, not just D and D, but everywhere, is that we got the things what we like got popular and everybody wanted to be a fan. And, and it's like, like you were talking about, this is, this is a status thing. Yes, it's cool. We're part of the in crowd. Now these are purse puppies. These are people that want to walk around with a Chihuahua in their, in their hands saying, look, look at me. I'm, I'm doing They're trend followers and gatekeeping needs to be in place for at least at a certain level to, to say, okay, if you're going to be a poser, if you're going to be somebody who just pretends to like this stuff, that's fine. But y'all go stand over at that corner over there and y'all go sit at that table over there and let us do our thing. Instead, they're wanting to sit right there smack dab in the middle of our table and ruin it for the rest of us by saying, no, 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 no. You shouldn't be doing it that way because I don't like exactly. the way you're doing it. There needs to be gatekeeping to a certain extent on everything, not just not just pop culture, but politics and finance and everything else. We need to be holding people to a certain standard of knowledge, experience, skill, emotional maturity. I mean, whatever criteria you want to put onto it. We, we well, can't I- continue this way just letting anybody in for no reason at all or whatever. The problem is, that, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Christopher. Oh no, I, I was going to say. Well, then, then let me let me rephrase my statement a little bit. When, when I uh, in that, um, I, and, and I, I wasn't I, saying I was you were wrong. I was people that were uh, that were actively trying to like get into the game or like you know trying it out and, and stuff like that. I, I certainly don't want to be you know a person saying, "Hey, you're not cool enough to you know you know play this game." Yeah. You know, go over here. But I do agree that right now. Um, as as we've mentioned, that it seems like it's becoming more of a lifestyle brand as opposed to an actual uh, community building sort of um, great Friday night uh, sitting around with pizza and, and, and Coca-Cola and and yeah. rolling the dice. I remember you know, and having fun sort of thing. I remember there were times we look at it and, and oh, you got that shirt at Spencer's and, and you automatically knew. Yeah, and you mentioned hot topic. It's the same kind of thing, you know. And and maybe that's what we do. Maybe we make certain merchandise, t-shirts and hats and that kind of thing, available at certain stores where the posers shop, so we can identify them a little bit. It's like, let's just tag them, you know. 
You know, don't buy this. You have don't, to wear special don't, glasses to see it. That's right. Just, just don't sell this stuff anywhere else oh, except man. where they shop. <laughs> and we'll know because, you know, they want to fit in. They want to they want to be a part of the crowd. So they'll go to Hot Topic or Spencer's or wherever and they'll buy the shirt. And then we'll know just automatically, oh, you're wearing that shirt. Okay. Well, the, the things that you uh, you were both talking about are all wrapped up in this whole idea of the community. This is the most negative thing that has happened in fandoms. This is not a community. We're not neighbors. We share a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and, and this, this is a marketing ploy. This community stuff is all a marketing ploy meant to appeal to certain people. And that needs to be broken. That's the thing. It, rather, you're right about the gatekeeping thing. Everything you said within that gatekeeping is a word that triggers a lot of people. That's the problem. It, but yeah. but the reality is, no one can gatekeep anybody from playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's a false narrative meant right. to create, uh, you know, this victim complex. Uh, th- the thing is, wi- Wizards of the Coast and other companies have empowered these people to damage the game itself. The, in, it, with this whole community mindset, they are t- doing what you said, Jason, which is is taking these these people that really have no interest in gaming whatsoever and letting them bring all of their baggage, whatever brand of baggage that is, and inflicting it on the game itself. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and, and this community and, stuff has yeah. to end. And if Watsi over over entertainment. Yeah, and if Watsi and Hasbro or Paramount or CBS or or uh, Warner Brothers or anybody was that concerned over brand damage, the harm done to the brand, they would be acting a whole lot different with regard to a lot of this. And I think we're starting to see little bits and pieces and little peaks around the corner at some of this. I mean, Warner Brothers is looking like it's starting to realize that they can't keep going like this. Uh, We've got now the proxy war that's being set up over there at the Walt Disney Company between Tryon trying to get uh, trying to get Mr. Peltz on their board and and the new Mark you know Mark Parker is the new chairman over there that's going to be that's going to be popcorn levels of ugly I'm waiting for all of that Cameron Pasha has reported on some various different things that's setting up over there because Tryon I've seen the document that Tryon presented that said Disney is Disney is dealing with self-inflicted financial harm because of the policies that they have adapted, uh, adopted right. rather, and they said, "You guys have done this to yourself. Your stock is near the eight-year low over the last ten years. You have put all of these policies into place, and you've done all this stuff that's done damage to the brand. And we need to come in and help you fix it because you're killing yourself. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that." With a lot of brands, with a lot of corporations that are going to sit there and finally, maybe, possibly understand that when the customer says, I'm not going to do business with you anymore, I'm not going to give you my money anymore, and here's why. Of course, you have to do that in a respectful way, in an effective way. I don't like this policy. I don't like the way you you deal with your customers on social media. I don't need this. Get specific. You know, it's not just, oh, I don't like the fact that y'all have gone woke. Give specific examples and say, I am not I am not a happy customer. This is this is why I'm taking my money away from you and giving it to somebody else, because you have done this. 
and you've got to do it in a specific way. And it's like I tell, tell people, it's your money, it's your vote. You have more power than you realize, and they don't want you to know that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I canceled my uh, D&D Beyond. It turns out it was renewing uh, in two days from today. It was renewing on the 15th, so I saved myself $30. Well, you know, and, and I, it'll be interesting to see. And I bought see, the master tier six months at a time. Yeah, so. it, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out because you're right. You hit them in the pocketbook. <laughs> That's the only thing they pay attention to. Well, let me, let me back up on that. A responsible company that honors its fiduciary obligations will look at the fact that we're losing subscriptions, we're losing money, and we need to do something different. That assumes that profit is in the motivation matrix. Yes. That, that's the other thing that we have to do here, because how much of this crap is because they're not worried about what they sell uh, profit-wise if they get ESG money. And, you know, we had the article where we're talking about how most of these, most of these executives at, at, uh, at the D&D stuff are now, you know, they came from Microsoft, and they're talking about monetization right. and money, 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 money. And it's, you know, that's the question. Are you really motivated by monetization and profit? Or is that cover so that when the ESG money starts coming in, because look at what their priority is, the inclusion and the hateful content and all that, that's ESG. Yes. Uh, now, and, and if they were really worried about uh, someone's third-party work tarnishing their brand. They could simply add to the OGL that that it has to include a disclaimer that says Wizards of the Coast does not endorse this product. Da 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 yep. da. It's that simple. Yep. 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 Over on uh, over on Odyssey, Kennard says there's a type there's a Twitter type of site which many blue purple hairs have fled to called Hive. Many have also gone to Mastodon. If you post anything with facts which contradict their false reality, they immediately call you a troll and block you. Mastodon, I've seen, I've seen some stuff that Mastodon is already falling apart because it's all, yeah. you know, it's all porn, you know, and a, and a certain particular type. And okay, if that's what you want to do over there, go right ahead because you started that that crap over on Tumblr. And when Tumblr says we're yep. not going to do porn anymore, they all went to Twitter. And now, if you want to, you want to go someplace else and do that stuff in your own little hidey hole. More power to you. Take it away from me because I don't want to see it. I haven't heard how Hive is performing, but I hear Mastodon's just a mess. <laughs> well, Hive, Hive is kind of a funny name, isn't it? <laughs> right, right. Well, Mastodon Apropos? even. I mean, Apropos, I, I guess either one of them because you know what's Mastodon? Mastodon is are, are they extinct? Dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? Can, here? Can, uh, Mastodon is is actually a really really great uh, sludgy heavy metal band, and and everyone should <laughs> oh, check yeah. them out. I you know what I do remember that, and uh, they 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 wrote a whole concept album about Moby Dick. Um, that's actually interesting. It, it's it's not boring <laughs> at all. That's no, I mean, that's I, not seriously. The album's great. That the doesn't take cool. that doesn't take much effort to do anything more interesting than what Melville did. I I know I know I know I know Moby Dick is a classic. 
It is a literary milestone. You know, all of these different things that you can say about Moby Dick. I barely slogged through it in, in high school English. Hated it. It's the most one of the most boring books I've ever read in my entire life. Um, except for the except for the con quotes, you know, you go through with with things that Captain Ahab said. At first, I was reading it, and I ran across the he tasks me and I shall have him. I went, wait a minute, that's okay. So Khan's quoting Moby Dick. It's not, you know, Ahab's not quoting Khan. I, I realize this, but it's like, wait, Khan says this. So I realize he's doing that. But those are the only interesting parts of the entire book, because the rest of it is, here's all this water. And right. you go four or five different chapters about the water. Blech. I, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of people sign up. You know, I would like to see what's going to come with with this uh, uh, orc. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, I did watch a uh, a video uh, uh, from another uh, YouTuber that um, is kind of trying to expose some of the hypocrisy and in, in, in things. And one of the things that he pointed out, he said, "Well, so what good does this does this do? You know, what does it what does it give us when you know somebody could just publish their own thing and just say I'm not part of the OGL, I'm doing my own?" And, and he's got some valid questions. Um, why should somebody belong to this? Or is there going to be mechanics uh, in in the uh, in the uh, the guide? You're talking about uh, the Paizo you know, one. What, what, yeah, the one that well Paizo and uh, Cobalt Press and you know, a bunch of other Chris Cobalt Press announced they're doing Project Black Flag, um, which I did sign up for. I think for the uh, for the beta, which is going to be their their game system. But it's... I think I think there's at least four different companies that have announced their own OGL, or well, you know, their own li- open license. Let's say. Yeah, well, I mean, Cobalt Press and Paizo and all them, they're all they're all going to be using the the what is it the open creator license i think or open open game i don't know i forget open rpg creator license i think is what it is open rpg creator i think it's the orc yeah yeah but yeah. there's uh there's also um troll lord had already stated that they had a, their own open license yeah as did um well and troll lord is one of them that got accused of you know being uh you know by they got attacked by the by the as i call them the twitter mafia Right. Well, and and um, the other and, thing, they're not the only ones. I I've had I've had direct communication talking about this from a couple of different people who have been working on this. They said we saw it coming, and they started working on something a year ago with new uh, with new things uh, rolling out. So I would expect, and I can't I can't talk about it. I can't say who I talked to yet because they haven't said right. anything yet publicly, but. Um, but yeah, I think I think regardless of what happens with Wizards of the Coast and D and D, and whatever OGL 1.1 looks like, there are going to be a lot of people that leave it behind and say thanks but no thanks. And regardless of whatever their deal ends up looking like, they're gonna they're gonna lose out because so many different companies are gonna move on to something else. That's right. that's a good point. That happened yesterday at about five o'clock Central Time. Uh, Paizo's announcement uh, knocked wa- Wizards off, off of that center. Uh, oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. They 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 
they ate their lunch on the on the open gaming license issue um, because Watsi had basically signaled we're hollowing this out. We're going to turn it into something that no one will actually want to use. And Paizo stepped into that. I mean, it was a it was a brilliant move. It doesn't mean that that well, you know Wizards is going out of business or anything like that. I'm saying oh, on no. this issue though, they have lost the the script. Yeah, and and yeah. Paizo picked it up. Um, well, it took them too long. They did they, they. How long did it take them to respond? You know, I mean that's that was part of the well, thing. It, it took forever. And what are they? They finally released something today. Well, you know, yeah. it, but you're right. They they said something today, but they haven't actually released anything. Oh, that, that was another point I wanted to make. Right. Is none of this is any actual text. This is pure commentary. That said, they did make a few statements in there on things that they are going to be removing, including royalties, including the license back thing, which was you know a very egregious part of the whole thing yeah in the end though i don't think they cared about any of those things that's that small potatoes to them yeah it was it was it was predicted that they would do this i think i think we even predicted this yeah you know last week he said well well you know even if they reverse course they're gonna they set they they set that bar so high you know it was here and they they put it they put it way up here and they say okay we'll walk it back down somewhere in between well, even with yeah, the license back stuff, I mean, want. the 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 license back stuff. This, you know, they can sit there and say we're not going to do it, but that's clearly a money grab on anything that's successful that's not theirs. Right. So there's, you know, the, yeah, they may say there's not anything like that in one point one, but they're going to there. You you can bet that somewhere in a back room office, they're sitting there saying, OK, well, how can we make this happen without anybody knowing that it's going to happen? You know, it's going yeah. to be there somehow. They're going to claw this back and they're going to try to figure out how they can still include it. And try yeah. and spin it. There's a very important point in here um, mm-hmm. that it's, is not quite clear enough, but it, it is a very key point. And, and somewhere in the middle of the the article it says content already released under 1.1a will also remain unaffected now ryan dancy has come out and he already you know he put his uh, opinion on that and he said that means that they can't get rid of 1.0a and that is what really matters because it, 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 it isn't what's going forward and whether people can continue to participate in whatever Wizards does, like you said with the GSL, it, you know, if they do that, that will be essentially what it is for sixth edition. Um, but it's it's all the material that has been produced under the OSR and and many third parties, including including Pathfinder, you know, still technically includes the the OGL. If they're if they're surrendering on that issue, then this is a huge victory. But yeah. I don't think that this is a definitive statement on that. I think this is they're trying to placate people, but there's wiggle room in there. Yeah. And, and, and our, the, the other question is, is oh, well, if, even the leaked one didn't say, well, anything that was already published. I think they're playing word games here. Well, you know? but, what, but, about, what if you want to continue to publish stuff for fifth, fifth edition? The leaked one said that they were removing authorization of 1.0a, right. which I don't know if they could do anything about it, but it uh, well, according to everything that it, it I read, they would. couldn't, because the original well, that, language there's... apparently had it to be irrevocable. Whatever, I mean, whatever legal, whatever legal hoops you got to jump through to make something like that possible, I don't, I don't know. But I mean, that's one of the reasons well, why we want to get Ryan Dancy on here to ask him. Yeah the, the, yeah, the original license does not use the words irrevocable, even though it clearly 
is indicating that that was the purpose and 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 the people who actually worked on it stated very clearly that was the goal it's it's very odd that that wizards of the well there's another whole point here wizards of the coast is arguing against their own statements because there are documents from the time this was made that said very clearly that you can continue to use the ogl any version of the ogl no matter what they do they said if you change it if we change it you could just ignore it because you have the past version and as somebody pointed out, or many people, I think I've heard this multiple different from multiple different uh, publishers, uh, YouTubers that are small-time publishers and whatnot. Um, you know, what would be the point of 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 use of the OGL being acceptable if they could just turn around and get rid of it at any point? It it totally negates the whole purpose. Of there even being an OGL, if you could, why would you? Why would you sign on with something if they could just turn around and change it? Oh wait, that's what they're trying to do in the 1.1 as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know. But if they could just revoke it, why would you want to participate in that? Yeah, well, and that goes, you know, Snob's asking that same question. After this, why would any third-party publisher ever trust Wizards of the Coast again? And I would say they probably shouldn't. And they're not, and that's the thing. I think a lot of them are like, "Uh, "You burned me once." with fourth edition it created a lot of new people um the old ones that have been around now you're trying to burn us again and that's what this statement is designed to do to see if they could stop that bleeding because uh the the mob if you want to call it that was almost entirely against them i mean people from all all across the spectrum of gamers was against this and and they realized that people that don't normally agree or we're right, exactly. In, in unison yeah. on this one, yeah. And they're trying to break. They're trying to, to draw that line between those people again. They're trying to say, "Oh no, no, you're, you're, you're see, we we want to be inclusive. You want to be inclusive, don't you?" And they're trying to, to bring those people back to their side. Another right. another observation that that I can make here is we have not seen yet any activity from Hasbro proper. Because you're the guy, the guy what in charge of Hasbro now used to be at, at Wizards of the Coast. So you would think that they'd have some kind of an idea that something's going on. So we haven't had that angle yet. I don't know that we will. I don't know if Hasbro will address this situation or not. At, at, the, at the very well, least, maybe they put out a statement that says, "Hey, this is internal to Watsi. They're doing their own thing there. We're keeping an eye on it, but we're going to let them handle it." We haven't even Conscious had any pilot, of that. Watch their hands. Exactly. They, they, they're, <laughs> yeah. They're at the very least, we need some kind of a statement like that, where they they do that and leave it in Watsi's court, which would be smart you, for you them you, because it, you know if it fails, it's not Hasbro's fault. Yeah, Cynthia Williams had better watch her back because uh, she could easily become the fall lady for for this um but you know hasbro doesn't want to they got their cocktail party time they don't want to be bothered with (laughs) these details (laughs) right well and 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 as as i've also heard and and i think it it goes without uh without uh, saying um you know we're talking about people at the c-suite level that 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 this that perpetuated this thing we're not talking about the most i would say what the majority of of Watsi employees are fans of D and D or or the other products that they produce. You you would I'm make sure that... you can make that assumption, but then you look at things like the writers' room in The Witcher, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, people who well, claim to be fans don't necessarily uh, follow through that they are fans. So you, well, know, you want to make that assumption that the people who are working there are fans, but I, I, I don't I, even I trust so that. I wouldn't go to say 95%, I, I, but I think there's still a majority, and I think they're, I think they're, it's got to be tearing them up because there's some people that from inside Watsi that have leaked stuff. Uh, it, well, yeah. that yes, but but those people are. What are they leaking? Why are they leaking things? Because they're angry at the corporate end of things. Not, yeah. you know, they might. Th- this might be meant to placate them as well. They're so. Oh, good. Uh, thank God we're we're going to have the inclusiveness in there. I'm happy now. Um, you know, pe- people are saying, "Oh, be sure you don't attack the you know the the rank and file," which is true. No one should be attacked in any right. way. Right. But. You have to keep in mind those are the people that are pandering to this nonsense as well. That you know they are they are part of the whole community uh, issue, uh, or at least you know to some degree. There's one particular person uh, that I know that likes to go off on rants on Twitter, but who's been very silent. I think on Twitter all of a sudden Hmm. late. Um, If you know who I'm talking about, Um, but. I'm not going to name him, but <laughs> he, he doesn't like Orange Man. Um, and he doesn't like people who like Orange Man, apparently, which. Well, there's a lot that I mean, that that's the culture that, that exists there, or at least it gets voiced there. And again, they're welcome to their own opinions sure. in regards to their personal uh, views. Uh, I have no interest in that being inflicted on any product that I'm interested in. It doesn't belong in the hobby. It doesn't belong. Why? Why no, should? No, it has nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah, exactly. I don't care what your politics are, what your color is, who you sleep with. I, you want a game, man? Come on, let's bring some dice. You know, let's let's play. Yeah, that's I don't care. And that's the way it should be. Is it, you know? And they're trying to throw all these controversy in there, and you know, by the same token, if if you have a gaming group, if your gaming group really enjoys talking about politics. Then go ahead. That doesn't affect me at all. It's right. it's when you have the power of the company mm-hmm. inflicting that on the game. That's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the leak from the employee, I've got that called up here. I've got uh, basically we're looking. Whoa! What was that? Hang on a second here. Yeah, Chris, Christopher, your mic just suddenly went really loud, humming some somewhere. What was that? Is that? Yep, that's that's still you, Christopher. Um, okay. Um, so it says here, I'm an employee at Watsi currently working on D&D Beyond with the D&D business leaders on the health and product line. If you want to provide proof of this, this is anonymous. I'm sending this message because I fear for the health of a community I love and I know what the leaders at Watsi are looking at. They're briefly delaying rollout of OGL changes due to the backlash. So that's something we've been talking about. Their decision-making is based entirely on the provable impact to their bottom line. So, you know, the whole boycott and 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 cancel your your subscriptions is what they're looking at as far as we're losing money on this now. Specifically, they're looking at uh, D&D Beyond subscriptions and cancellations as it is the quickest financial data they currently have. They're still hoping the community forgets, moves on, and they can still push this through. I have decided to reach out because at my time at Watsi, I have never once heard management refer to customers in a positive manner. 
Their communication gives me the impression they see customers as obstacles between them and their money. The D&D Beyond team was first told to prepare to support the new OGL changes on online portal when they got back from the holidays, and leadership doesn't take any responsibility for the pain and stress they cause others. Leadership's first communication to the rank and file on the OGL was 30 minutes on January 11, 2023. This was the first time they even tried to communicate their intentions about the OGL to employees, and even in this meeting, they blamed the community for overreacting. So there is there so is that expect- out there. Now, again, yeah, it- I, I, we haven't vetted that. That's floating around on the Internet. I don't know where it's sourced. But if it's true, and it's consistent with everything else that we've heard. so Yeah, and, and that also uh, supports the idea that uh, you know th- their own employees didn't even know about this, let alone – anyone outside of that uh, right. other than, you know, apparently a few places like Kickstarter, you know, uh, right. people that they were directly negotiating with. It's this, it, it's, it's crazy to see. And, and this is not the first time a corporation has said, well, we're going to do our own thing and we don't care what you think customer, you know, I mean, yeah, well, but still, yes, this, this is, this matches perfectly with the fireside chat, which it seems to me that the executives at, at, at wizards and Hasbro, which, is you know Cynthia Williams and Chris Cox who were on that fireside chat is that they didn't expect any customers to be listening to that <laughs> is yeah. is what it seems or at least or, or they're very blind to to you know how that would impact us because it was speaking you know it was meant to be speaking to their uh, shareholders and to reassure them but it just it was just throwing matches into into barrels of gasoline all over the place it's it's what started this you know problem that we're still in yeah um you know, this was over a month ago. And, uh, you know, so it seems that they are just not in touch with how this works. And so the message you just read there really does, it is very much in line with that. Well, and I think the other part of it too is, you know, with the proliferation of so many YouTube channels out there and all the people that are watching our stuff, you know, and, and, and I say our stuff, like everybody, we're all paying more attention to those shareholder calls now and the, the, the quarterly earnings report calls and that kind of thing. I mean, we're all waiting for the Disney one in February, right? Because stuff's going to happen and things are going to happen as a result of that earnings call, both on the customer side of things, but also on the shareholder and the board of directors side of things where, you know, people are going to sit there and they're going to be paying attention to what everything happens with who says what where are the numbers what's their tracking what's their stock price you know how many subscribers do they have to their streaming service and all these things because right now streaming is a streaming is a money loser for everybody that's doing it you know you see even netflix is sitting there saying well we're going to have to start doing live stuff because they're picking up the the screen actors guild awards starting in 2024 they're going to stream it live because live live viewing still gets the audience, ish. I mean, Golden Globes not so much, but you have you know you have the. I mean, I think the clip of Selma Hayek walking into the Golden Globes has gotten more viewers than the Golden Globes awards itself. You know, five seconds of her walking the red carpet has gotten more views than anybody who watched the Golden Globes in its entirety. You know that kind of thing. It, it, people do pay attention to the live stuff, you know, football and sports and, and, and basketball, that kind of thing. 
So Netflix is saying, okay, we've got to have a live component in this thing to try to get our audience to stay with us long enough to, you know, justify our expenses. And, you know, everybody is having to make those those adjustments. And a lot of that comes because us because of us, we're out there and we're paying attention to the financials. You've got channels like Valiant Renegade and Midnight's Edge and WDW Pro and Culture Casino who are all looking at the numbers, looking at the business side of a lot of this stuff. Neon and, Neon and Geeky Sparkles over at Clownfish. Yep. All these people are looking, actually looking at this. I mean, I mean, Tug, that umbrella guy, he started and blew up because he was looking at the financials of IDW. You know, right. and say... This co- this company is bleeding money, and you know the Amber Heard thing happened and, and whatnot. But you know all of these guys, we're we are citizen journalists to a point, and and commentators and opinion makers, and and when we pay attention to all of this stuff, it changes the dynamic of the game because now your customers are informed customers we're educated on the process a little bit more than we used to be because now we're paying attention we're actually reading the terms of service we're actually deciding i'm not going to do business with you because you have this clause in your terms and i don't find that acceptable and i'm not going to do this and that hurts them and i think that's what you're running into here yes the immediate cancellation of D beyond subscriptions is just the first line and it's the most immediate thing that they can look at and say, oh, we did a bad thing here. But there's going to be and, some and long-term effect on this as well because of other people that are supplying stuff for them. I mean, I haven't, I haven't purchased a, a, a D&D book. The last one I, I want to say was maybe Tasha's Cauldron uh, and uh, or one right after that. And that was it. And I'm just like... I looked at the new ones and I'm like, I don't want, why would I want to go to prom in college and make coffee? I didn't understand. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, what college has proms? (laughs) There's, there's definitely something to be said about being, um, uh, to, to crib a, a a pro wrestling, uh, term, a smart mark, you know, nowadays, like figuring out, you know exactly what's going on behind the scenes of your favorite, uh, you know, fandom and company and, and stuff like that, and you know what they're producing and why they're producing it. Um, unfortunately, right now it seems like Wizard of the Coast and and Hasbro um, are just uh, the the people the people making the bigger decisions are as as jason pointed out are are just uh um in it for the money and and yeah. customer be damned and stuff like that we're going to put it out and you're going to buy it because we're quote unquote the only game in town right. and it, it is you know like yeah again it's it, it's like uh uh wwe in like the 80s gobbling up all the small territories and stuff like that and pushing people out of 
you know, the marketplace or strong arming, you know, just to be the one that ends up in hot topic and stuff like that. And, and, and on Amazon, you know, when you do your first search for something like that and, and people like, Oh wow, this must be the only thing. And then you go like scroll down five or six, and then maybe you'll get to like a pathfinder yeah. or, or something like that, or, or another, you know, alternative to the tabletop. And it's, uh, it, it's infuriating because it's really, really, you know, limiting uh, people's option. I mean, you know, casual people who's trying to get into the, you know, thing for the, the first time, it's really limiting, you know, the, the scope of what options that they can find are available. And there are some great options. Yep. Well, and, and, real, and real quick, and real quick, quality. before that's before you make that point, I want to give a shout out to Charlie's Linden and congratulate her on the success, the continued success of her Charlie Chaplin biograph biographical comics. Uh, congratulations to you there. It's good to see you in the chat. I think this is the first time I've seen Charlie's London in the, in the chat. So welcome. All right, death. Sorry. I, I didn't mean to sidetrack. No, you that's okay. Make your point. So, so if you look at a lot of the, the, the most recent publications, just the quality of them has gone down significantly. It's like, it's like a half hearted attempt. Uh, you know, uh, they did a, they did a, a book, which was a collection of old, of old, uh, you know, one shots or, or, or short modules uh, based on, you know, ships. But they didn't include half the rules for ships. They, they did the same thing with space, you know, Spelljammer. They didn't include rules for ship-to-ship combat. No, oh, well, no, you're just going to board the other ship. And that's not, <laughs> you know, you look and they're like, oh, well, we didn't really have anything to go on. Uh, the old Spelljammer had pages and pages and pages of rules on that so it's not like they didn't have the material to to begin with it's just they and and so who's gonna fill in this stuff yeah you know who's going to produce okay so you didn't you didn't come up with this you're missing that uh what's the what's the most recent one uh uh you know uh i forget what it, it doesn't even have a setting in it it's just a module it's set it's set in crin right but it's but there's no crin you know it's like what it's half-hearted attempts at everything. I'm curious to see what the sales are like for Giant Lands. Because you remember Giant Lands got caught up in all of that mess with, with Ernie and TSR last year that yeah. came out of, of our interview blowing up all over the place and breaking the Internet from stuff. And, you know, Giant, Giant Lands, they're, they're still around. They're still promoting uh, the, stuff, the stuff that they're publishing. So I'm assuming they're doing okay. But I would be curious to see how well Giant Lands is doing, especially now, because how much of their stuff is based on OGL 1.0? You know, are, how much how much of the game mechanics are they using that came from the original TSR stuff, and are they going to have to change it? And right. that's the other thing: if you've developed all this stuff, let's say let's say OGL 1.1 finally rolls out, and and Watsi's done certain changes and made some adjustments and whatnot, but at the end of the day, it's still a bad deal for anybody who has already developed stuff. Do you go back and change what you've already done? Do you change the game mechanics? Or do you just say, okay, this one's finished. We're going to go build a new one. And then what happens well, to uh, that one? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what a lot of these publishers have basically said is that... <clears throat> Uh, they're purging anything that could be construed as being part of the uh, 
the OGL because Higher they just scale. can't risk it. Yeah. Higher scale. Yeah. Right. But but meaning if like uh, like Troll or Games, for example, they they said, you know, there might be some remnants in there from from that, but they've basically been independent. But they're they're actively working to get rid of it because whatever. I mean, Paizo's announcement yesterday. They said we have no interest in whatever Watsi's doing with the new OGL. They're done. You yeah. know, that's it. And of course, they're competing in that license arena as well. But but most other people will not risk it. And so the only choice for them remaining is if it's been if it's clarified either by Watsi themselves or by a court case that 1.0a remains and can't be revoked. Right, and and I think they said they're gonna they're gonna stop printing the OGL in uh, all their publications and leave them. They're just not gonna have anything in there well, for the that time was, being. And then when that they, was in the leaked fact, right? The leaked 2.0 fact. I think that that was stated. No, well, I think that's part of their orc, the orc statement. Paizo was saying that that they weren't going to do that. Paizo was saying that Watsi wasn't going to do that. No, no, they said they were not going to include the OGL in oh, any of yes. the Pathfinder stuff. That's right. Uh, they they're were just right. going to take it out. Boom! They're taking it out. They said they think it's already uh, separated yeah. enough. They only included it just in case, um, you know, and more so to let other people have access to their stuff right and yeah and the, the, you're right they're dropping that but but there are other companies you know, let's say old, old school essentials for example a, a very excellent uh bx uh you know uh revi- not a revision uh reprinting of, of the original basic and expert dungeon dragons um they you know had said well we don't know what's going to happen but because they have it published under the ogl whether that's required or not is another question but um, well, and Paizo made the point. That, you know, Paizo made the point also that a lot of their stuff has has gotten to the point where you know the the game the Pathfinder has evolved so much that they hardly have any OGL material in there to, at, at at this point now anyway. So it's easy for that's them right. to just go ahead and drop it because they're not using much of it, and that's okay for Paizo. How many other companies can do that? Right. Well, yeah. well there are some, you know, that have, like like I said, Troll Troll Lord is in the same position. They've said they they can't do it, and then Cobalt has said we're you know they've we're they didn't say it's already gone, but they said it will be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so will be interesting to see be. what happens, and especially if this thing goes to the court. You know, if there's mm-hmm. if there's legal challenges over this, and and does this does this go into some kind of business court, you know, financial thing, or does this turn into a class action thing? Well, some pe- some people have said it's actually quite simple what they were trying to argue, but I think now that may be one of the reasons why they're redoing this OGL is because um, uh, at first people were saying, oh, it's very complicated. And I'm talking about lawyers. I think Runkle the Bailey uh, on his, his was talking about some stuff and a few others. Um, the IP lawyer and all. They were saying, well, technically, it, 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 it's actually pretty. Uh, he, he was saying, thinking it was going to be a long, drawn out thing, but actually, you know, that whole can you just, you know, yeah. can you revoke or not revoke? What, what was it? Un, unauthorized. Unauthorized something that was previously authorized. Just yeah, that's the like only that. question. Uh, Ryan yeah, Dancy pointed that out. That, that That's really, if, if you answer that question, then it's all done. Yeah, and it's a quick and boom. It could be a you know a couple of weeks, you know, type of thing. But if they turn around and change it, you know, they, that that could complicate it. And and as many have pointed out, 
you know, you've got the 800-pound gorilla in the corner that they've got deep pockets and they can keep the small people tied up for, you know, forever yeah. in court. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. It's going to be uh, if it were to come down to like some small publishers, they would have to join together, you know, in, in a suit just to, you know, put their foot in the door um, with all of the, uh, you know, litigious resources that, uh, you know, Watsi's, uh Wizards of the Coast has, as well as, you know, Hasbro, you know, backing them up. It, right. it, it, it would be kind of akin to what, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the gamers, uh, the gamers, quote unquote, league is doing with, uh, you know, of uh, challenging the uh, Microsoft acquisition of uh, Activation Blizzard. You know, but, there's people from all across the country, and they've joined together under one, you know, suit. Yeah, that that right. would almost have to do it that way to to cover the cost. I, I think you're right that that's what Wizards was counting on happening, but. Until and and that was going to be the case until yesterday at five o'clock or around five o'clock when when Paizo said no we're uh, we will fight this in court and Paizo is big enough to be able to I think they have enough resources to do that at least others have have stated they do well and their attorney um, um, their their attorney the is the uh, actually that's the same one that the DM layer um, Lucart said he's retained the same attorney that Paizo and that is drafting this this new ORC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so they say that and they say that the law, the, the law office is going to be the ones who are who are the uh guardian stewards uh the P, the the responsible parties and it's not even going to be owned by Paizo. It's not going to be owned right, by right. any one game right. company. So that's why they it's want be, other people Yeah. They want other people to be in that. So, you know, that's good. All right. Well, it will uh, it will be interesting to see how this plays out. We're definitely going to keep an eye on it. And as soon as I hear from Ryan Dancy, then we're going to be talking about this again. But uh, imagine in in the meantime, we will be having a lot of different uh, conversations and observations about this. You can join us over on Discord. There is a very, very active conversation going on about this over there over there. Uh, as Come well as <laughs> as well as other conversations, not just about this, but you know, we're we're talking about books over there. We're talking about sci-fi topics. We're talking about movies and, and and everything. You know, we're talking about a lot of different things over there. We are not talking about we are not talking about classified documents found in a garage, but almost everything else. So join us over there. What? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And someone is doing some nice food pictures. As well, so if you're yeah, not in the mood to talk about the science, maybe, maybe sci- sci-fi and all thread. that, food. Maybe we need to do a throw a food thread yeah, in I, there somewhere. I don't know. I thought saying. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe we should add a channel for you know what's cooking. <laughs> yeah, nerd. Nerd is suggesting we need to set up a gilded server as well. I and I know you know, I know there are some people out there who are real big on gilded. We already had the Discord set up. Uh, I mean, it, let me let me say. We had the Discord server. We had not had anything set up yet, but we already had it, which is one of the reasons why we're doing it now. I I still need to look at Gilded, um, and I know people you know people say Gilded is better because of lots of different things, but uh, it, it, this is this continues to evolve. 
So we'll be looking at some stuff. We've got some different ideas. And as 2023 rolls out, we'll, we'll, we'll keep adjusting and we'll keep doing some stuff. But we hope you stick with us in the meantime at the various different places where we are. Um, Cam, Death Angel Shadow, Christopher, thanks very much for being here. I know uh, we got to get uh, some stuff going out. And, and mentioned Culture Casino. He's got the uh, Friday pre-flights coming up in about 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. So you guys can check that out. And tomorrow yeah, on this you. channel... Uh, Good morning, Multiverse at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. So join us for that. It'll have uh, the headlines for the week. And that's going to do it for us today. I, uh, I, I appreciate everybody uh, being here and and doing all of the stuff that uh, that we need to be doing to uh, to have good, respectful, polite, constructive, conversations and that sort of thing so that's going to do it for us yeah 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 in the meantime you can find us on various different social media platforms uh hit our newsletter our discord server and uh, if you want to support us through subscribe star you can we also got memberships active now so you can join the channel uh either on youtube or odyssey either one and we'll do this all again next week remember this show runs now monday through open line friday and they want you to think there are five lights, but there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.